Harper, there's two ways to keep me around. Penguin pictures or just put your hand on my penis. That's all it takes. It's not that easy. Well, what's really interesting is I don't think anybody here has given you a penguin picture, so now I really got a question. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh... It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch. Welcome Pacers fans, you were listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is October 15th, 2023, and this is episode 663. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials. This show, we just got one real topic. We're going to discuss the 2023-2024 Indiana Pacers. Joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What's up, Unbeatables? Uh, shout out to, I don't know, basketball. Basketball's back. Yeah. Hey. I'm going to shout out also to uh, birthdays. Specifically yours. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Asheville, North Carolina. He's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles. John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? Yeah. Uh, nice try and try to slide by your birthday. Happy uh, 56th birthday. Thanks. Celebrating like early. day over at 52. It's amazing. Yeah. From Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? You guys are leaving me the WNBA shout-out? That's not normally how that works. Mm. Mm. Liberty forced a Game 4 in the WA Finals over the Aces of Las Mm. Vegas, which are apparently good at sports now. Las Vegas went from no teams to, like, a bunch of really good teams. Yeah, like the most dominant WNBA team. That the, the planet has ever seen. Yeah, and well. super good hockey team, and also the Raiders. Hmm. <laughs> I'm assuming they've got a baseball team incoming at some point here soon. The Oakland A's. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They will suck. That. Yeah. But they'll have a sweet stadium, I'm sure. Yeah, Vegas will happily take your any money that you bet on the A's and convert that into, you know, nice stuff at the stadium. But, a giant sphere. Yeah. Mm. You can make it anything. Mm-hmm. 
With the sphere hey, or anything? Did I miss a Coulson nickname? Or are we... Uh... Wait, 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 wait. First, let's, let's, let's... You said that you could make the sphere anything. Can you make it yeah. anything outside of a sphere? Well, I mean... It look like <laughs> anything. Good point. You got me. You can make it look like it's not a sphere. Yeah. You're an artist. Coulson. You know how it works. You can draw penguins in forests. It's <laughs> Anything is possible. Can we can we book that in Vegas? Like a recording of our podcast? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, we, we have like fill... we have like three hundred thousand listeners. If we if we I fill think the we seats, might be able to fill a small planetarium, but not, uh, <laughs> not a, but not Vegas. not the Death Star. Yeah. Gerbil ball. Sure. Well, okay. <laughs> and, and Jason, I did forget to to mention uh, one of his Colson's nicknames. Um, I just felt bad, so I, I skipped over it. But it's a uh, it's uh, sham chowder, is what what they call it. <laughs> sham chowder. Sham chowder. That's the one. Shout out sham chowder. Is that the red or the white? The... <laughs> I only do. I only eat the white. Okay. White, oh, white sham chowder. Yep. <laughs> and that's not racist. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> every time the phrase that says that it's not racist, that means there's no way it's racist. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow made it racist. <laughs> no. All right, we are here today, surprisingly, uh, not to do this, but we're to here to, uh, um, to to talk about the 2023-2024 Pacers. And before we get into that, the one thing I did men- forget to mention is that uh, we we have a Patreon page, and you can support us over at uh, Undebeatables. I'm sorry, Patreon.com/slash/Undebeatables, and you can support us for as little as a dollar per month. But the the reason we're here, uh, we've gathered here today, is to talk about the the upcoming Pacers season. So uh, last year, you know, we know what happened. Uh, you know, we kind of shut you know, shut some of the stuff down early. Pacers did, uh, you know, you know, ended up not so great in the standings. Uh, but I feel like everybody, I I certainly was feeling pretty good about um, the 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 next season. So last year we finished 35 and 47th, 11th in the East. So the differences from last year to this year, I mean, I think um, Chris Duarte is gone. Um, he, I don't know for me, uh, I guess we want to kind of run through, you know, Duarte was last season was not a whole lot going on. You know, he, he was uh, injured a fair bit. Um, the, his rookie year, you know, he did kind of look, I mean, he looked like an old rookie. Like, he looked like he was ready to play NBA basketball and kind of hit the ground running. Um, you know, Jason, you know, what do you, you know, how much of a dent do you think that's going to uh, be in, in the team with Duarte out? Like, sort of, let's say, a healthy Duarte out of the lineup. Mm, it's going to be no dent. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> he didn't play a lot. He was mediocre from three-point range and... I mean, besides him taking guys out to movies and getting the senior discount, you know, that's kind of the only thing that we're going to miss. No, he showed up and was like a 
you know, a basketball player, right? Like he could dribble and <laughs> shoot and do things. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was a rookie and he was better than a rookie because he was 45. You know, like he had old man <laughs> game and like, yeah. Old old man strength, right? We called him, yeah, 8-track because he was, you know, from a different era. He showed up and knew, he understood basketball. Um, I don't, yeah, we're not going to miss him. That's fine. I, I, I wish him luck. I hope he does great in Sacramento. Um, good kid. Also, important to the Hispanic fan base. Like, that was important. Sure, yeah. So, shout out. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll be okay. We also lost, uh, let's see. O'Shea Brissett? Oh, Sauce. boo. Yeah. Sauce. That one uh, potentially could uh, cost us. I mean, we, in the, we'll get to the guys we added. I think we may have replaced him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Sauce provided good minutes. You know, he filled this spot at the four that was uh, a rotating uh, cavalcade of faces throughout the year, and he did mm-hmm. it as well as anybody. So. We should probably have a conversation about how much better Obi Toppin is than O'Shea Brissett. Because I uh, feel like maybe sure. they're the same player. I disagree. Yeah, I they're very they're yeah, different on the court. I think they're distinct players. Yeah. Um, I don't know. O- O'Shea Brissett is, you know, good hustle guy, great teammate. You know, he's going to go He's gonna go to war and, you know, put his body out there and be active on the glass. And, uh, you know... He's a little bit undersized, but he'll play defense. Obi Toppin is just a physical freak <laughs> who's going to play a bunch above the rim and uh, very little with his man in front of him unless Jim Boylan can teach him some tricks that I haven't seen on film. Well, that's my concern, right? Like you, you said, uh, he's the opposite of Brissett on some level, so he's not a good teammate. He's not going to play defense. He's... Well, I didn't say he wasn't a good teammate. Okay. Well, you just said and, and O'Shea Brissett was not exactly a shutdown defender. I mean, he was part of a team that was, you know, 117th in defensive. Oh, we were terrible at defense yeah. last year. And O'Shea Brissett was part of that. If he had been a lockdown defender, he would have, you know, <laughs> he would have seen more minutes. So. Fair enough. Also, I'm, ex- I'm, just, yeah, I'm exactly. just saying pre-scenes make me worried about the, the OB top and pickup. Last season, Goga got traded, yeah? Yeah. Um, did he so get traded? He just signed. He just left. He was a free or he agent, signed. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Go gone. Yeah. <laughs> he. <laughs> and. And I haven't seen no more Terry Taylor. Yeah, Terry Taylor. Yes. I yeah, I think a lot of these guys were, you know, kind of rotate, you know, rotation guys, but. Um, but we gave them nicknames, so we have to care about them. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. That's it. I mean, honestly, like none of these guys were gonna like swing wins and losses. They were just, they were they were decent professionals on a losing team, and we gave them nicknames. So <laughs> it's okay if they they leave. Did George Hill retire? Good question. I don't see him listed anywhere. He's not playing for us. Yeah. I knew that, but I also didn't see him. Yeah, I don't think he's on a roster. But George, you pours you putting in pie. 
Yeah, I don't. He and he doesn't have a, an official or semi-official nickname on Basketball Reference, but Georgie Porgy Putting a Pie. We do put it, put it, put it on Basketball Reference, and then reference us, and then we become famous. Sure. God. His middle name is Jesse. I didn't know that. So yeah, so George Hill, who you know, is has been around for fifteen years, and. Um, you know, he's a, certainly a, 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 a good voice to have in your locker room, but yeah, he's not on our roster. Yeah. It doesn't really seem like he's signed anywhere else, though. So I, I assume, yeah, that, I assume I, that he'll yeah. be on our, you know, have some function in our front office or coaching staff at some point. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Do it up. I don't know that he's a good fit anywhere for us on the court right now. Yeah, no, I think we we we, we yeah we got a lot of a lot good of young talents here. So. I guess we've talked about some of these before, but I, um, Colson, who who are your favorite ads from this last season? You know, there was, you know, the Bruce Brown one is like the sort of like big dollar one. Who you know, he, he's coming off a championship uh, from Denver, and you know, what do you think he's going to bring to this team, and and who else? The Bruce Brown pickup, I really do, and I, I've said this before, and I think it's 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 I might be overstating it, but. I'm, I'm going to double down on it. Um, I think this is a, a Byron Scott, a um, David West type pickup. I believe that this kid... So this is kicking off a new era. Yeah. No, I really do believe that this is a championship uh, quality player who is going to change the culture of this team. Now, I think the culture of this team has changed when we brought in you know, I think Halliburton is is the future of this team. But I think, you know, a guy that knows what it takes to win a championship and having that guy in your locker room and potentially in your starting lineup um, is a huge, huge change. And I'm very excited about it. And, you know, to speak to your point, I think there's also another pickup. Um, I think this Jairus Walker uh, draft... This kid is special. I think he's ready to play now. I think he plays defense. He rebounds. He shoots threes. He passes. I think there's a world in which he's starting by the end of the year. I think he's that good. I think he's that good to pick up. So between the Bruce Brown pickup and the Jairus Walker um, you know, draft, I'm extremely excited about the trajectory of this team. So Jairus Walker, obviously our... Pick up in the draft. He is a 6'8 power forward. We picked him up at technically, I guess, number eight after the after the Wizards draft pick. He's a right-hander. Um, and he went to Houston. Bruce Brown is uh, basically plays one through three, 27-year-old out of Miami of Florida. He has played in Detroit, Brooklyn, and then last year in Denver. 6'4", he's a righty, and uh, we got two nicknames. I think I know which one Colson's going to be his favorite. We got uh, Biggie Smalls and Cowboy Bruce. Uh, I would also say that he's uh, played four, and uh, he played five uh, in Philly. Was it Philly? What what, what crappy uh, Eastern team did he play for Brooklyn. where he played five? Uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. That guy can play one through five is all I'm saying. Love some Bruce Brown. Yeah, 
again listed six four. Probably not, you know, probably not your ideal five in the current no, NBA. No, no. But but uh, he's a rebounder. He's a you know. Yep, he plays tough. He's and for defensive. Con- I mean, yeah, he made his name in the league as a defensive uh, stalwart, basically. Yep, that's where he earns his cash. But he's also a good, um, you know, off the ball mover and a good screener he understands basketball he's just a really smart guy uh i was reading some stuff about him he is is kind of like a homebody i guess so he doesn't really go out much he's like at the gym all the time like you know working on his game or at least he was as a rookie the article that i was reading um so yeah i think it's gonna be a great addition to the team obviously he brings also championship uh credos with him right uh and can you know, you, you spoke, Joey, about losing George Hill and losing some of our veteran, you know, leadership in the locker room. And I think that he fills a large void of that. I think, you know, guys in the lead respect rings. And so I think that goes a long way. And, you know, hopefully he has a lot to share with the younger guys and can lead by example, right, of how to be a professional. Absolutely. And he's been pretty durable over the course of his career. Last year he played 80 games, 72 the year before that. and with the injuries that Denver had, you know, he started 31 games on a, on a championship team. So definitely a, a, a big time pickup. And like I said, it's, it's not often we've discussed this, but it's not often that the Indiana Pacers get the most coveted free agent in any right. particular season. And right. Bruce Brown was like that. So. And, the, and, the, and that's what I'm saying. Like I might've overstated it, like how important he will be to this team. Cause we don't know what that will look like, but like, this is that level of pickup in my mind. Like it's, it's a guy that, has been there, done that. Um, we went out and found the guy that everybody wanted, and, and this could really change the culture. And, and both those guys, Byron Scott and David West, started an era. Um, and mm-hmm. this is a chance for this um, to be that. I'm that excited about this pickup. I mean, I think you saw it already. Like, you know, it's hard to take things from the preseason games, but, you know, especially, you know, Pacers didn't. Halliburton didn't play in any of these games, nor did Nemhard or a couple other guys. But uh, you know, you just Bruce Brown's out there and he's working his butt off and like getting jumping into passing lanes and making steals and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he's gonna do that. There's gonna be two or three moments in every game where he can make a big momentum shifting play. Right. He he makes those kind of plays. So I'm very excited about having him on the roster. Yep, and his his mustache on his NBA.com picture is just awesome. So pretty priceless. Great, yeah. great work, Bruce. Great work, Cowboy Bruce. We also in the first round uh, we had two first round picks, so we have Ben Shepard as well. I don't know. What are your uh, Harper? Do you have uh, high hopes for for Shepard this season? Yeah. So gonna... Ben Shepard, not a very vaunted pick. Uh, that we picked up late in the first round, number uh, 26th, I believe, out of Belmont. Mm-hmm. Got good size. Um, he is 6'6". Not a necessarily a very complete game at this point. Uh, just a lot of unknowns in terms of, you know, not only the competition that he played at, but, uh, you know, we know the kid can shoot, but, you know, will, will his defense stand up in the NBA? That we don't know as well. But obviously we saw some stuff that we liked. We believe he's going to work hard and get better. Uh, you know, he, he, he didn't look super great in the summer league, but, uh, you know, he's got a lot to learn very quickly and 
know, we'll see how he slots in. He's got some time. You know, he's not a guy that was penciled as a day one starter. That's not the expectation for him. So he can sit back, learn the game from, you know, all these wily, all these wily vets like Bruce Brown and uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Right. And, all these guys uh, that have been in the league for five years. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. No, I mean, the thing is, is, is Shepard is, he's, he's a big guard. He potentially has a chance to be special. I mean, you're right. He was a late uh, first round, second round pickup. Um, he might be nothing. He might wash out of the league, but like, you know, he's behind a bunch of guys that do the same thing that he does, right? We've got uh, Neesmith and Wara and Buddy Heald and you know, I mean, he we don't we don't need him right now, so he has time to develop and hopefully he turns into something. Well, it's possible yeah. if you're worried about losing Buddy Heald, you just draft Buddy yeah, Heald. Yeah, who knows how long we have Buddy Heald. <laughs> we so. might have Buddy Heald for the, the rest of his career, or we might lose him before the season begins. We, we just That's don't know. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I will say, you know, he didn't put up astounding numbers in Summer League, um, but when you watch him play, you can tell that he understands the game. Like, he moves very well off of the ball, and he's a ready and willing shooter. Like, he... His release is super quick, and his, his stroke is pretty pure. So, I mean, in the first couple of preseason games, I think it was he hit three three-pointers in a quarter in both games, maybe, or something like that. And so, it, I mean, it, if he gets minutes, which he'll probably get minutes at some point, it's a long season, you know. So, as long as he gets himself ready, he can... Yeah, if he's going to stay in the league, it's going to be as a knockdown shooter and a and a not minus defender. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't he's not a three and D guy necessarily. He's a He's a three and more yet. threes guy. He's a three and more threes guy. Yeah. Which are very valuable in today's NBA. So yeah. sure. Is he is he a um, Ask buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> is he a Tyler Hero? Is he a uh you know I mean, I don't think he has the the play creation skills that hero has okay. um, like a slashing ability. I mean, I see him more as a Duncan I Robinson, mean, probably not, not to the <laughs> level, but you know, a JJ Redick guy, a guy that runs off screens and hits threes, right? A Doug McDermott, right? Okay. I mean, Doug Would, McDermott's uh, been in the league for 15 years or whatever, right? right? Made Just a lot of money shoot. being yep. McBuckets. Exactly. I feel like he might be like our, our leading field goal percentage guy as a franchise. Like Doug McDermott really? can do some stuff. Sure. Right. Defending is not one of them, but he can do some stuff. <laughs> That's right. So I guess, you know, we've got, uh, uh, two, two games under our belt here. Um, you know, I just briefly want to break into, uh, uh, a little bit of discussion of what we have seen so far. You mentioned the preseason, uh, the most memorable thing for me was uh, watching Dylan Brooks get uh, a flagrant two in <laughs> a preseason game for punching Daniel Tice in the in the crotch. So- solid start to his uh, <laughs> new season. His, his new home. Yeah, I don't know. Like what, uh, Jason? What have you seen in the preseason uh, that that uh, you know gets you a little bit excited for this this upcoming year? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, it's hard to glean anything from these games because we didn't yeah. see anything of a, a lineup. I will say that the one thing that popped out to me is it's 
it seemed like Carlisle was trying to put or test out situations in which Benedict Matherin was the, the primary ball handler and, and play creator. And he looked a lot more comfortable in that role than he did last year, right? I mean, last year he was looking to hunt for his shot basically anytime he had the ball. And in the two preseason games that I watched, like he is more cognizant of, <laughs> you know, he doesn't just have blinders on. So he sees other things going on and he, you know, had a couple nice assists and uh, was playing point guard essentially um, with the second unit. So I'll be intrigued to see if that's a, a theme going forward through the regular season or if, you know, we have so many point guards on this team, if that's just going to be like a sort of a side side gig at some level. Just full out, you know, Isaiah Thomas possession or positionless basketball, right? Matt Mathurin right. had a couple really good games. I mean, against Memphis, he ends up, you know, 18, seven and two um, and 14, five and one in the Houston game. So, I mean, good efforts in, in, in both, certainly. Um, he looks good. Yeah, he's, he's that guy who just always looks ready to play. So that's just, it's no surprise. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's another gear that he hits when he hits the regular season. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's just always in go mode, right? Which is what we love about him. It's what almost won him Rookie of the Year. I mean, even though Ben Carroll had a better Who's year, fourth place. Yeah, like, almost, Joey. I mean, closer than me. So <laughs> that wasn't it's the magic like, we were going by. <laughs> my concern is that, you know that it is just go straight to the basket and you know his shooting percentage isn't great and his three-point percentage really you know dipped at the end of the season um but you know he's a rookie and and you and you you know believe that they're going to get better as they go and so um i have high hopes for this season i i am a little concerned that we are too dependent on matherin's season for how our season goes if that makes sense Hmm. Um, I feel like we have so much depth and we have so much interesting things. We have so many guys. This is kind of Halliburton's team. I, I, I'm just getting nervous that our our development of Matherin will preempt some of the other stuff we have going on. And that's that's one of my fears going into the season. Because I mean, like, I... this is this is the future outside of Halliburton, of course. Halliburton's the franchise, but. Outside of that, Matherin is a special talent. We've got to give him the the keys to the car, and maybe at the, and maybe that doesn't do this team as best as, as it could. Is what I'm, what, what I'm concerned about. Yeah, I I mean I, I don't know that he's shown that much that he gets the keys to the car. Um, it, I mean if if I were his coach, probably what I would tell him is you know, over the course of the season, I don't even care about your offensive numbers. I just don't care. What I care about is improvement on the defensive end. That's what we need to focus on. That's what's got to happen from game one to game 82. And, you know, we know you can play offense. You know, let's learn to have it come to you instead of, you know, forcing it. Just become a better playmaker, work on the defense, and everything is going to work out just fine. And that's what I would say as well. But my concern is that we go, hey, like, whatever. Do what you need to do because you're great at getting to the free throw line, you know? And it, and it, and it I've never heard Rick Carlin make those sounds. <laughs> Fair enough, and that and that's faith in, in the coaching staff, which we haven't had in a long time. So I appreciate that. Yeah, if it were Nate McMillan, I agree that would be a it would be a real problem. But. Fair enough. 
Didn't even mention Bjorken. No, oh, well, we don't mention him. That I, will I never sure be mentioned didn't. again. That's the last time that name <laughs> is ever said on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Matherin doesn't strike me as the type of guy that would be a, a poor teammate if he were told, you know, to. I mean, he wants to win basketball games. I think more so than anything, and so he's going to do. He's going to do his best to fulfill whatever his role is to win those basketball games. And I think that, I mean, I understand your argument like that, you know, if we give him more possessions than are warranted necessarily in the hopes that he's just getting minutes and learning and becoming, you know, long-term a all-star or whatever, that it might take away a few wins this season. But I mean, what's that Delta in your mind? Like, does it take us from a 46-win team to a 43-win team? Well, no, we can get to numbers later. I mean, I, I think, look, it's, it's, I think a healthy ego is part of what makes basketball players great, right? But I think mm-hmm. there's also... Yeah, tell Michael Jordan that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the best ever. Oh, so by healthy, highest... you mean wildly unhealthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Psychopathic okay. ego makes you great. It's actually, okay, you know. gotcha. But but I think there's also a sense in which he's not he's not Michael Jordan, right? But if he thinks he's Michael Jordan, he's already told us he's better than LeBron James on social media or whatever. I love it. I think it's going to make him great, but it also could be problematic. I'm just I'm just keeping an eye on it. That's all I'm saying. It's it's interesting that you say that, and I don't know if I'm having you know. Uh father defending syndrome because Ben Matherin is my guy but like I just don't see that level of I see a confidence in him but I don't see an irrational confidence he's irrationally confident for sure and I think it's taking him away from I think he can he believes he can take everybody off the dribble which he can but I think it takes him away from so that's that's not irrational confidence that's (laughs) rational confidence well, You're proving the opposite. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's an excellent point. But I think it makes him myopic in the way that he needs to have a larger game for passing and defending. That's and a, that is a fair criticism. That's my for point. For sure. That's my point. I, and I totally agree with that. And I think that the coaching staff also agrees with that. Okay. And so that's, they're doing that's my things only point. to put him in positions to learn how to play create, I think. Yeah, he needs to be... I think if what's going to make this team interesting and what made it interesting last year when we were successful was uh, the ball was moving, you know, and we created a second unit that was just about Matherin getting to the rack. And this year he's going to be in the starting lineup. And I think the balance between him and the starting lineup with Halliburton and the happy passing and a guy like a, uh, Bruce uh, Brown and you know who's who also is willing to cut and pass and all this stuff I just I, I'm I'm concerned that it's I'm, I'm concerned that it's going to be a little bit of a mess I really am as much as I want Matherin to move up and be a part of this and, and he, he's the best rookie we've maybe ever had since the freaking 80s oh well that's a that's a good time right now for a, a little break and um, into my stat of the week. Mm-hmm. Joey, stat of the week! And Joey's watching the ship. 
<laughs> yeah. impressed by this captain. Oh, captain, my captain. Uh, so I was watching the the broadcast of the the Rockets game over my parents' house, and my dad paused uh, uh, on on a little stat. Benedict Matherin is the first Pacer since Rick Smiths in 1989 to be all uh, first team all rookie. You mentioned he was fourth in in. Uh, so that actually puts uh, you know what you say in perspective there. You know it's. Essentially, he's our first rookie since 1989 to be, you know, sort of um, an elite rookie. He's super young. I mean, he's surrounded by good coaches and, you know, what seems to me, you know, really good, uh, just good basketball minds and good people around him. And I th- I think he's going to be okay. I, mean, uh, I haven't seen anything that's, like, problematic, I guess. You spend a lot more time on social media than I do, Colson. No, 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 no. I, 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 I don't. I think when you look at the this Pacer franchise and you say there is excitement moving forward, you've got to put Matherin as a part of that conversation. He's incredibly talented. I get in the weeds when I worry about the the way we get there. I guess, but I'm not the coaching staff. So no, I mean that's a fair it point that it's a dynamic that's worth monitoring right. for sure. I guess that's my point. Uh, because, um, you know, a lot of last season we had uh, Neymar and uh, uh, Halliburton in the backcourt. And, you know, Neymar was fantastic. He looks like a starter in this league. He was great in summer league. He looked like the best player on the court in summer league. Um, he hasn't played preseason yet. But I'm, I'm like, you know, is this guy now our backup? Is this? I mean, is this guy not getting thirty-five minutes a, a game? Um, is Matherin starting at three? Where does Brown go? Like, I, I just, I, I think there's a ton of lineup stuff that matters. But one of the things that made me interested and excited, and I think one of the reasons we won games last year is the way that we passed and and uh, Neemhard and and Halliburton backcourt, um, and and Matherin coming off the bench. And I get that that's going to be different this year, and I'm just nervous, I guess, is all I'm trying to say. Well, I think in the same way that, you know, that the passing can be contagious between guys, you know, and the unselfishness, I, th- I think the same can be said of defense, right? And by bringing in a guy like Brown and drafting a guy like Jairus Walker, who also has a chance to be a first-flight rookie, it is, you know, and make real contributions in this freshman effort. I mean, if we could back-to-back two first you know, first team right. all all rookie guys like <laughs> right. that that would be really good, That'd and that gives these guys a chance to grow together and build a real nucleus on this team that that we can build around. I mean, the best check on a player's ego is really going to be his teammates and not his coaches most of the time, right? So, building a really good core and nucleus that are accountable to each other uh, it, it is going to be what helps steer the ship going forward. And to put a short answer to your question, no. Nimhart's not going to play 35 minutes a night. And yes, that's also true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I said, should he? I didn't say, will he? Said, right? Should no he? The answer. No, he shouldn't. No. Why not? Because we uh, have guys ahead of him good. that I think are... Not many people play 35 minutes a night in this league. Well, okay, 35 was an yeah, it's like j- 30. It's, uh... Basically, I was, it was starter minutes is what I mean. Like if he is is he if he comes off the bench as the backup at the one and the two, can he play six man starter minutes? 
I, I guess that's well. What I so mean. let's get into it then. So what's our our starting lineup? Most likely is Halliburton, Matherin, Brown, Toppin, Toppin I imagine, and Turner, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that makes the second unit of McConnell. Nimhard for sure. Uh, Wait, did you say healed? No, we don't even Not know if Healed's going to be on our team. We still have his contract, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah But yeah. even if he but does, he did, he hasn't started in preseason. Yeah, yeah. 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 even he if he does, start. and he didn't start at the end of the season last year. So, yeah, yeah. So okay, starting with the season, it would be Nemhard healed. I mean, do you run a Nemhard McConnell? Uh, no, you do a McConnell Nemhard at two, I think. Okay, yeah. So McConnell Nemhard backcourt, and then healed. Uh huh. Some Jerris Jer- Walker. Or Jairus no, Walker. No, I, th- I and, think uh, Jairus Walker. I think he's. I think he's third string at this point because you got to put in a Smith or a Nora or a Neesmith or, you know, I mean. Well, I guess you got flexibility. You could go small, and do Neesmith and. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. There's a lot of guys. We have a lot of guys. Yeah, and one thing that's tough too about that second lineup, you know, if you're putting McConnell in there, you're not really going to want to play small ball, right? You're gonna right. want to play a bigger lineup because McConnell doesn't run. Right. He so he, he runs around the basket. He runs around the basket. <laughs> a lot of circles. A lot of circles, a lot of circles around the basket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know maybe that means that Matherin has a lot of flex minutes with the second unit, like he did last year too, right? Right. Maybe you right. see, you know, a bunch of Buddy healed with the starting unit. I mean, you know, coach is gonna have a lot of flexibility. I mean, this is you know deep deep teams are a coach's dream because he can just kind of. You know, do whatever he wants every night. Now, if you're a player and you, you know, Jason, you've talked about how important it can be to know when you're coming in, where you're going out, and have predictability every night. If you're a player, maybe not so great, but if you're a coach, you can have some fun. For sure. Yeah. But no, I think Nimhart is a key component of that second unit, whether he's the uh, playing the two or the one. Like, I could imagine a scenario where. McConnell, despite how good he is as a floor general, ends up losing a lot of minutes mm-hmm. to young guys. Like, because it's hard to keep Nora off the floor at some level. It's hard to keep Neesmith off the floor in a lot of ways. You're going to want to get Jerace. Why can't I say his name? Jerace. Uh, <laughs> minutes. Um, you know, Jalen Smith, who knows? Isaiah Jackson, who knows? Like, I think those guys are question marks as far as I think our backup big position. Yeah, Daniel Tice maybe is our backup big. Yeah, at this point. I mean, you you could you could walk out a nasty defensive second lineup, right? I mean, you could have, you know, Jairus Walker, you know, Isaiah Jackson, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Daniel Tice. I mean, you could probably almost play Walker at two on some level. I mean, you could just you could trot out a second unit potentially that they could really shut down a lot of second units in this league and they may not score a lot, but they could certainly keep points off the board. And again, I just, I think that's problematic for McConnell's playing time too. Right. I mean, I think Nimhard gets in there and plays your point, you know, cause he can turn, you know, he'll have quick break ability to get up and down the court and turn those turnovers into points, which is really what we want those guys to do. But I just, I think McConnell is the guy who loses out. Well, I you know I think McConnell and uh, Nemhard both play at their own pace. They both play at different paces. 
Nimhart seems to, I, I feel like, morph the court to himself where uh, McConnell's trying to outrun the court. I mean, <laughs> like he just he just moves it all like all the time where Nimhart is moving at a much slower pace. I feel like they both can change the the course of a game based on their their playing style and maybe. It's one of those things where it's it's a game to game basis, but as as you mentioned earlier, like guys like to know when they're gonna play, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that of the years that we've been doing this podcast, I think that this is probably the most unknown, most fluid, um, and hardest to predict as to how this lineups. I think that the the rotations in October and November are gonna look completely different than the rotations in march and april right i mean maybe not completely different but yeah I get like for instance i could see that carlisle trusts mcconnell and so beginning the year mcconnell's the backup point guard and he's playing a lot of minutes but as the year goes on depending on what happens with the rest of that second unit and who shows they need to be on the floor that might adjust right and he goes with a, a bigger lineup of you know, Nimhard, Nuora, Neesmith, <laughs> Walker, and, you know, Jackson, and just puts athletes out there. Sure. It just goes crazy, right? My concern with our, again, we paid nothing for him uh, to second-round draft picks, but my concern was that uh, the Pacer team that needed to get better at defense went and grabbed uh, Obi Toppin from a team that also wanted to play defense. Um, and was happy to give this kid away. Um, in the preseason, uh, game one got absolutely annihilated by Jaron Jackson. We couldn't even keep him on the floor. Now, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a very good basketball player. But I wonder if, you know, is Toppin going to start the season as a starter? And if that's the case, do you believe he's going to finish the season as a starter? Or is he too much of a defensive liability? I, I'm trying not to overreact to preseason games, but um, man, he looked not that good defensively. So Toppin is uh, we acquired in a trade with New York. He's a 25 year old power forward listed at six nine and two twenty. Went to Dayton, uh, and during his time in New York, was mostly stuck behind All Star Julius Randle. So last year, his minutes per game were about 15 minutes. And in those 15 minutes, um, you know, he scored you know, seven points, ripped down three boards, shot an okay percentage from the floor, okay from three-point land for a big. But I just, the guy's an unknown quantity is right. the issue, right? And when you're 25 years old and a super athlete like he is, there's no reason that you can't go out there and play defense. Now, whether or not the willingness can be instilled in him is maybe another question. But as far as being able to find himself in the right position and block shots, I think I think you'll find Obi Toppin has that ability. Well, we're giving him the opportunity. I think we will start him. I'm just wondering whether this is, you know, as Jason said, like whether the starting lineup at the beginning of the season is going to be the same one at the end of it. You know, is Jarris Walker going to be starting at the end of the year because he actually plays defense? I don't know. Maybe Obatopin will play defense. Maybe it'll be fine. Maybe. You know, how much have we mentioned Miles Turner's name? 
We just know who he is. He's he's the <laughs> he's the guy. He's the, the longest tenured pacer. He's going to be your starting center. He's the best. We also have a men- mentioned Tyrese. We know who our one and five are going to be. Exactly. Tyrese Halliburton and and uh, Miles Turner are um, what we have. It's our chip in our chair. Yeah. Not worried about him. I'm worried about I mean, everything I th- I think in the between. Conversation, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the conversation that you're having with Obi Toppin is, you know, just from day one. It's, you know, the same. You're telling all the players the same thing. That the expectations of defense, is, defense improves. If you can't do that, then you're not going to see minutes on the floor. So if Obi Toppin wins out in training camp over Jairus Walker, which is not a foregone conclusion, I mean, right. he might start Daniel Tice. I don't know what Rick Carlisle is going to do. We know right. he likes to start guys that he trusts, and Daniel Tice is a vet, right? Sure. He just won a medal. Does uh, have a medal. Yeah, gold medal. He's a world champion. He's a yeah. world champion. But I don't think it'll be any mystery to, to Obi that he's going to have to have to play well on the defensive side of the court in order to hold down his minutes as a starter, if indeed that is the case at all. And, you know, there's going to be a guy in his spot who's working his tail off on every possession on defense. So the bar will be high. You know, we, we started him uh, uh, in the first two preseason games, so it seems like that's where we're trying to see him, you know, where we want to see him on this team. And then um, the rookie, Jairus Walker, playing a lot of minutes, uh, in the, especially in that second preseason game against Houston, um, you know, disrupting, stealing, blocking, and also hitting a bunch of threes. You know, I, I think I think the rookie's out for topping right now is all I'm saying. Got to well, keep an eye on yeah, I mean, of course he's playing for a starting spot, but also we haven't seen the best of Obi Toppin because what he's really going to crush at is being an above-the-rim offensive player. And without your lob specialist at point, you're not Right, and we haven't had Halliburton playing in the preseason, for sure. That's absolutely right. So he's got a little, he's, you know, he's got a little bit more to show. Are you worried about this, Jason, or no? You're not worried about it? I'm mildly. I'm, I, I wouldn't, worried isn't the word. I would say intrigued. I'm interested to see how this plays out. I think that, the talent on this team and the cornerstone pieces, the guys we haven't talked about, Joey, the Halliburtons and Turner, are so steady that, again, I think our, our delta between, you know, if we give Matherin too many shots or if we can't, it takes us 20 games to figure out Obi Toppin can't play defense or whatever, like, is not that big. I think that the the range of possibilities is like I I don't see a lot of worlds in which this team wins fifty games, and I don't see a lot of worlds in which this team, you know, wins less than forty. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be fun. It's a nice like again a growing year, and like uh, we're going to see who's you know got NBA medal, and you know I'm really intrigued to see what ha- what Aaron Neesmith does this year, like. And Jordan War, those guys are like kind of playing for their NBA, NBA lives yeah. in a way. Look, like it's or look good. I know it's the preseason, but man, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and yeah, also, yeah. he would look pretty good, and he's still on the team. Like, love that dude. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna bring you what you, what he brings you. Right. Totally. Right. Uh, we got a lot of dudes, a lot of bodies. Um, uh, so, Joe. Uh, do you have a, a prediction for the Pacers for this upcoming season? Because I think we all made our predictions on the Eastern Conference uh, thing, 
and Joey represented uh, Vegas. But Joe, I don't want you to represent Vegas anymore. I want you to tell me what you think the Pacers are going to win this year. You got a you got a thought on that? I mean, I kind of I'm kind of with Jason on this one. You know, I think it's um, Vegas is it's what thirty eight and a half. 38 and a half, okay. yeah. And, and Jason, you know, as he said, you know, somewhere in the 40 to 50. And I think that seems right. I, you know, I, I don't want to get, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I always, every year, I appreciate what Harper does, which is, uh, you know, go on the low side to, you know, to, to keep your, uh, uh, you know, the upside for the rest of the season. You know, you don't want to, you, you know, you want to under promise and over deliver. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, let's say, let's say, you know, let me throw him right at let me throw him right at forty one. Oh, uh, okay. Put him at a five hundred ball team. I like you know, five hundred ball, uh, five hundred team. Um, but That's very you reasonable. know, I think the ceiling is, you know, the ceiling is uh, uh, pretty respectable. And you know, and one thing too is I think that you know, and you know, knock on wood, of course, the in- injuries are always uh, playing, but we've got like. Like we talked, we have a lot of options right now. We've got a lot of flexibility um, because I think, I mean, we, yeah, all of these guys that we're talking about are, are they're good. Like they're they're good in different scenarios. You know, there's going to be a lot of parts moving around and say, oh yeah, this this lineup is going to work better. But I think there's going to be there's a lot of lineup uh, shuffling you can do to see what works. So. Um, I don't think that there's a lot of pressure on the team, you know, so like they're not win now, you know, kind of thing. Like that's a good point. Um, you know, I think it's it's uh, so there's there's going to be the freedom um, and lack of pressure to, you know, to to be free with your decisions about you know, um, you know what what we think is going to work. So um, I think there's going to be some mistakes along the way. I guess is kind of what I'm getting at, sure. but. But I mean, they're unavoidable when you're when you're looking for, uh, you know, when you're looking for uh, looking for a good combination. There's it's, some of it's trial and error, and some of it's, you know, you're you're gonna win, you're gonna lose some that you you should you should have won. You know, we've still got a young team out there, that, um, but we're gonna catch we're gonna catch some people off guard for sure. I mean, the potential. I don't know if this is silver lining or a good thing, but the or a, a bad thing, but the um. You know, we did the schedule pod, and like Colson's theory is that we're uh, the NBA is conspiring to make us good, right? So our schedule is easier in the beginning of the season, and then we have no dairy January. Mm-hmm. But the uh, <laughs> beginning of the season is also when we're going to be figuring these things out. And mm-hmm. so, on the one hand, it's nice that we can do it against teams that are that we in our uh, infallible prognostications of how good these teams are going to be are easier, but it could also be that we drop games that we, like you were saying, Joe, that we just don't expect to drop because we're still figuring things out, and you know. But I I expect us by Christmas time to have things rolling pretty good. Yeah, we should know who our starting lineup is by Christmas. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big plans. Big plans for this season. <laughs> Off the goals. <laughs> I guess the last question I have around the team for this upcoming season, and we we surely touched on some of this before, is like, are there any specific weaknesses uh, in in lineups that you think we might have um, 
and or any pitfalls to to look out for Harper? Is there anything that I mean, like you said, we got a couple of these, you know, real good defenders. Um, but is that going to translate into, you know, solid team defense? And does that match like the way we want to play? You know. Well, that is the sixty-four thousand dollar question, isn't it? I, you know, I think that. You know, we we've got a nucleus of guys now. You know, this is not a tank year. It's time for us to start building and and see exactly what we do have. So, what I'm going to be interested to see is, you know, exactly what you're, you know, sort of hinting at here, which is what is this team's identity going to be? Right? right? What is their calling card going to be? And, you know, la- last year just felt like a bit of a schizophrenic year. Like first unit and second unit were just, they were not the same thing, right? And there's something to be said for, you know, the change up lineup, you know, you can maybe do that, but it'll be really interesting to see, you know, kind of top to bottom as these young kids start to put their fingerprints on what this organization is going to be over the next five or 10 years, you know, what they want it to be. Um, and, you know, watching that, watching that come to fruition on the court, I, I think the defense uh, is going to going to be a part of it. I mean, I, they're not going to be perfect this year, but I think you're going to see a lot of improvement, especially among the starting lineup. And I think that increasingly you're going to see that demanded from the second lineup as well. You may still not have as much pace, but I think you're going to see better half court defense there. No, I, I think you have to. I mean, I I think that is that is the key development in this, right? If we want to become a part of a conversation with contenders, we've got to show some commitment to defense. And we've got the horses to do it. We've got the guys that are – but it's just about the commitment, right? And if, if that becomes our culture, then I think we can become, you know, a serious contender in the future. And if these young guys – are just running around trying to put the ball in the hoop and not caring about it, then, you know, we're whatever the Rockets or whatever team that just goes on forever and is bad. You know, I don't think we are that. I think I think Carlisle cares about this stuff, and I think we will commit to it. But I, I really hope to see some of it, um, you know, in, in patches, you know, in spurts. <laughs> I'm with you, Harper. I don't think it's going to be, like... A lockdown defense this yeah. year. It's not going to be perfect on day one. No, that, but that, I think that, we need to show some strides. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think bringing back Jim Boylan to the coaching staff is is going to help us you know, build some build some mm-hmm. lasting here. Welcome back. The other thing that is that I think could be a Achilles heel of this team is three point shooting. I mean, especially if we trade Buddy Heald at some point, he's like clearly our most prolific and arguably our best three-point shooter right and you know we have guys that are capable a lot of guys you mentioned earlier they can shoot the three (laughs) yeah right as you mentioned earlier colson like you know one weakness of matherin's game is the three-point shot which he's supposedly been working on and stuff like that and so but and neesmith is a reported very good three-point shooter but the numbers don't necessarily <laughs> back it up. Nora also is is actually Nora shoots it quite well, and so you know. But outside of that, you know, Turner's mediocre. Halliburton's good. Halliburton's Turner's good. great for his position. Sure, for his position, right. yes, exactly, yeah. But um, I mean, but we we <laughs> we threw up like fifty three three pointers in the first preseason yeah, game did. or something like that. Is that not the right number? hit 12 of them or seems, something like seems that like, it was, seems like a lot is that high it seems a little <laughs> high 
Yeah. I mean, for a team that One shoots like less than 30% from three point range, yeah. it's a little high. It's I like think so. More shots than went up in any Indiana Detroit matchup in the 2000s. <laughs> exactly. For sure. Well, I'll say this: I I was at the the YMCA today with my with my boy, and I was uh, I was launching some threes, and they were some of those were going in too. So nice. You you so put up were, you put up fifty one, did you fifty three? I did. Uh, having a two year old guard me uh, really helped my case, but um, well, we'll we'll link your uh, your agent's number on the on the webpage. Yeah, please <laughs> yeah. do. Also, uh, yeah, Waywin's yeah. uh, agent's number. Yeah, yeah. He he would just when I would dribble towards him, he would just laugh. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. So real briefly, um, Joe, your number was forty-one. Do you guys remember your mm-hmm. number from the um, previous show? Uh, I picked forty-six, and I think Jason, you picked forty-five. Is that right? Uh huh. Yep. Harper and was. I was also it. Oh, so somebody's got to come off that, right? Or no? It's okay. No. Okay. No. Joe, what were you were at? What? Which one, Harper? Was I was a forty-one as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Which is right. totally fine. Me and Joey are gonna not be disappointed together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so sweet. Well, overall, I'm I'm excited for this team. I you know I think Harper, you, you mentioned this this team's got a good nucleus. It's a bunch of good guys. There's gonna be you know the, the beginning of the season is gonna be a little bit. You know, uh, it's going to be a little hectic. You know, people are going to be getting settled in. People are finding their roles, and and you know, the coaches are are uh, going to be in the franchise are just finding out what they have with with who they've got. You know, like so, Obi Toppin. You know, people are excited about this, but yeah, he, he played. He didn't get to play enough to to kind of see exactly what you got. So everyone's excited about it. It seems everything seems uh, like we got a good. Uh, uh, you know, a good future, you know, really looks like. Um, and, yeah, Colson, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe the, the Bruce Brown signing is the beginning of a, a, a the next generation of the the Pacers team. Those two previous ones? Well, no, were, the, 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 were, those, errors, uh, those eras were uh, defined by uh, a surprising sort of ahead of schedule playoff run. Yeah. And... Um, yeah. I'm 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 not willing to uh, say that's not going to happen this year. That was a like a triple I negative. It, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I don't. I just I just roll. I did not process it. I just it. kept moving. I don't know. Um, uh, at, when I was at the gym today, I was also thinking of David West because I was going to the elbow and just shooting shooting from there too. Mm-hmm. And that was oh, that dude was just automatic from there. Sure, over your two year old. Yeah, and you were eating yeah. a baby, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's a. Well, I'm able to, you know, he's a toddler now, so he, you know, right. He's safe. Not, My not as safe. tender. No, no. <laughs> Very slobbery. All right, guys. Uh, well, the uh, season starts like real soon here, so this is our this is our last preseason game, um, or at least preseason show. There are two more preseason games. We've got Atlanta on Monday, and uh, Cleveland comes on Friday. I'm guessing 0-2. That's I'm going to go 0-2. Yeah, I I always always push for the 0-4 or the 0-4 preseason. That uh, seems to be good. Yeah. 
That's what you want. Because, I th- yeah, everyone that I remember where we've done well, uh, it, it bode poorly for, mm-hmm. for the upcoming season. So Then our first regular season game on Wednesday the 25th, hosting Washington. Sweet. Or the Mad Ants, maybe, if that that organization collapses before the beginning of the season. (laughs) I'm excited. Um, I guess the, the, you know, we we did mention healed a bunch of times. Um, Does anybody have any any, uh, uh, guesses on how this shakes out? Are we going to just hold on to them and... Or or make a, a a late, you know, trade deadline. Uh, no. So my my theory is that uh, I, he'll be a good soldier. He's going to play basketball for us. I think we're going to use him. Um, I think there are multiple scenarios. One, we trade him at the trade deadline because that's the best time to get something out of him for a, a contender. Um, I think there's also a real chance that we kind of do what we did with the. Turner, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's trade rumors spreading around, and we re-offer him this, the thing we offered him in this, uh, in the off season, which is, hey, we have this extra money laying around, we'll give it to you, and you can stick around and be with us for long term. There is a chance that he's here on this team for another few years. I, I, I'm not, when, when I got the, uh, you know, the. Uh, the trade request news in the off season. I was convinced to be gone before uh, tip off, but at this point I have no idea. I, I think there's a real chance that he could be around for, you know, mid season or for long term. I'm all in on buddy healed. I think he likes Halliburton. I think it's Burton buddy forever. I can tell you that wherever he is, he's going to be throwing up some numbers because this is his, Likely his last chance at a big contract, 31 years old and heading into unrestricted free agency. So he is going to be extremely motivated uh, to put up statistics. There there are very few places where he's going to go get paid like a starter. And I think that's what he's struggling with right now. And I think there's nobody that wants to trade a first-round pick for him because they know that they could get him in free agency for half the price. So he should probably take our money and stay with us. That's what he should probably do. And he might figure that out. Or bet on yourself, your buddy love, you know? That's true. Well, if he's looking at putting up big numbers, uh, the biggest one I can think of is uh, three-point field goals attempted. So keep chucking him, buddy. <laughs> that Let her fly. is a guarantee. Let her fly. <laughs> and don't we all root for love? Yep. All righty, team. We'll be back with you for this season. Uh, you know, as we mentioned, coming up, uh, real games coming up here real soon, and uh, we'll be back with you in our normal cadence, the this the uh, the semi weekly, uh, as uh, discussed at the top. But it's been a little less semi weekly uh, over the summer. Until then, we can be found on the social medias. We are on Twitter. At Undebeatables. We are on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Our website is TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there, which, uh, we, you know, we get messages from people there, and we also get lots of, uh, you know, spam forms in there, too. So if you are uh, an AI generated program listening to this uh, for our contact form information, um, it's at TheUndebeatables.com. Yeah. And thanks for listening.
And thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for keeping our numbers up. <laughs> shout out to ChatGPT. Uh, shout out at theunbeatables.com is our uh, email address. And at the website slash store is where you get your swag. For the architect Donnie Walsh and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Suclenard. Turn out the light. The party's over. Hmm. Now. Oh. <laughs> Shout out, Sham Chowder. <laughs> oh man got him got, got him <laughs> <laughs>